0: Welcome to another episode of Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And Kim, in the previous episode, we mentioned uh, that you embarked on a nice little holiday to Bali, and uh, you had a few dramas leading up to it. Uh, and geez, I don't know what's what's up with you at the moment, but drama just keeps following you. So you're having this relaxing <laughs> holiday in Bali, um, and one of your mates who you went along with has had an injury
1: concern. Can you tell us the story? Mm-hmm. Some people are saying that we're not putting any good news stories on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next episode we can have a good news story.
0: Yeah, look, we'll come to some good news yeah, I, after we get okay, right, let's Let's okay. be honest. People love bad news. Let's just, let's just
1: Bad news seems Okay. <laughs> okay, so... We're having a two-week holiday in Bali and we are having the time of our lives. We've had a week at the Grand Hyatt, five-star, just absolutely just a luxurious experience experience, and massages every day, overlooking Mm. the water, just perfectly manicured beach and gardens and pools by the water. You don't even have to go into the ocean to get where you're sitting in beautiful pools. (laughs) And... So many staff on hand that you're ordering a cocktail just to give them something to do. <laughs> you know, that sort of mindset. And it was just such a great experience. Did that for a week. And then we hired a private villa in the country. And that was... just took it to another level. Because, what part of the country? Um, so it was out... Ubud? Um, Ubud yeah, it was out near Ubud. Yeah. And... I just got to explain the, the the actual environment that we're in. It was surrounded by rice paddies, and it was a six-kilometer road, which had um, five thousand people living on it. Which sounds like a lot, but over there, that's that's really nothing. Mm. That's just um, eight little communities, all Hindu people, and all local, sort of semi-rural families and the community spirit there was just amazing and tucked right in the middle of all of that was this beautiful villa which was actually three villas all surrounding an infinity edge pool Mm. overlooking a jungle which was down the edge of a cliff and the drop down the cliff was about 100 meters so when you're in the pool looking out all you can see is a mass of jungle trees so we're there for a week. Day three of that week, we're starting to get a little bit stir-crazy because we're sitting around swimming and having too, a good time. Too much luxury. Too yeah. much luxury. It, and you can only read so many books. <laughs> we're getting really jealous now. Anyway, continue. All day dining, four staff on call, and a security guard overnight, not to keep the angry villagers away, but in case you might need something in the middle of the night. It's just... It was, it was luxurious. It was fantastic. So at about lunchtime, no, it was actually, sorry, it was about 10 o'clock, I said to the, um, the host, look, um, is there any chance we can um, go for a ride on some motorbikes? And the Indonesian term is spedomotor. So I said, can we get some spedomotor? He thought I was actually asking for a massage. And I said, no. <laughs> and so I, I gave him the signal with the yeah. handlebars and the acceleration on the right hand ah I started laughing yes 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 and he said that it um that wouldn't be a problem so at about 12 30 I said to him we're ready so um the other gentleman that I was staying with head of the family and myself we um jumped on the back of some motorbikes Away we went and we had a hell of a time it was absolutely amazing We went to our end of our driveway and turned left, and we rode through the village. And as we're getting on, I said, look, do we need helmets? No, 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 no. In fact, we haven't got helmets. You know what I'm thinking? Okay, that's cool. I'm wearing my bintang tank top, billabong board shorts. Standard. Yeah, and um, thongs. Thinking that, you know, that's what everyone does when in Rome do what the Romans Mm. do. So we turned left and we rode through the village and it was just incredible. Little kids were coming out, waving to us. Dogs on the roads. Half of them were asleep. Plenty of those. Roadworks. Roosters as well. Plenty of roosters. Roosters everywhere. Kids fishing in little drains on the side of the road, which I found fascinating. Mm. Catching fish. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone just standing around. Um, And everyone waving and just so happy. It was just such a great experience. So we rode three k's down onto the left. Got to the end of the road. I feel like you're really building towards a crescendo with the story. I am. It's coming. It's coming. Don't <laughs> worry. Turned around, came back, got to the um, apartment, dropped in, the, the private villa, dropped in, had a drink, and then we said to each other, that was so much fun, why don't we go the other way? So we went the other way. Got to the main road, and remember the first time we turned around, this time we went out on the highway, no helmets, trucks, a thousand motorbikes. Cars, it's just mayhem on the road on the road over there. And we just pulled out in a when there was a break in the traffic and just absolutely gunned it and rode down the road and we were just absolutely scared out of our brains. And then the guide turned us in left into a little track, and I'm thinking, hello, this is interesting. So we went up the track and it just was this most amazing road. Like not sorry, not a road, it was a concrete track that the farmers used to access their rice paddies Mm. and it was concrete because the rainfall's absolutely massive over there so in the middle of their wet season unless it's
0: concrete you would never get through when i was there a few months ago i did the same thing but i did it on foot far too sketchy
1: for me on a motorbike they're they're tiny little paths and it's built up because if it was lower than the fields, obviously to be covered in water and you wouldn't be able to get there. So it's about three to four feet above the rice paddies and on the left there's a drop into the rice paddy field, on the right there's a drop into a, like a little catchment area that catches the water. So we're going down along that track, probably about a K, then the concrete stops, it goes to dirt. Now that's fine, but it had been raining a couple of days before and there was a big rut. So riding along the scooter scooters don't have a lot of grip on their tyres so things are a little bit tippy Mm. anyway the bike in front after we've travelled about 200 metres down this non-concrete section of the road of this little track um, gets sideways and moves forward about three or four feet and drops down into that little catchment area on the right hand side of the track and I'm thinking oh but the bike didn't end up on side, it just ended up straight up and down. Anyway I put my, so we got off our bike, we put our stand down and raced over and helped these other guys uh, lifted the bike up straight away and we could see that one of the riders was in a bit of trouble, anyway his leg had, he said Kim my legs doesn't quite feel right, we lift the bike off put that back up on the track and, you know He's a bit of a hypochondriac at times, so <laughs> I think, yeah, no worries. Yeah, whatever, mate. He probably scratched his leg or whatever, yeah. a bit of a bruise a bump or bump, whatever. Anyway, by the time we put the bike back up on the track, and he had sort of pushed himself and shimmyed back out into the rice, up to the top of the track, and, and sort of moved a little bit into the rice field, could have a look at his. Le- we had a look at his leg, and it was at right angles. Where, at his ankle. Yeah, at the ankle. Like the foot was at right angles oh. to the leg. And he said, look, uh, I think it's broken. And I said, oh, look, don't worry, I think it's just dislocated. We'll just see if we can pop it back in. in." Yeah, yeah, no worries. He said, no, 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 don't touch it. He said, it's tremendously painful. So we're in a bit of a precarious position. Mm. (laughs) He's in a tremendous amount of pain. It's not just a, a scratch or a graze. It's a serious injury. And the more you look at it, the more you think, we are in a world of trouble here so i said to him look grab onto my shoulder we're gonna to have to get you back on the bike and get you to the end of the track let's radio through to get a car and let's get you to hospital as soon as possible so we did that we he was a bit reluctant to get on the bike again as you can imagine mm. <laughs> it was the pretty, only way he's ahead. pretty sore he was very sore he was a tremendous it was, it was like a soldier on a battlefield. He, and he was showing that level of courage and I'm thinking he's a much braver man than me <laughs> he was like, just leave me here <laughs> that's right I, in the back of my mind I'm thinking no man left behind <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the end of the track by that time a, a car is actually another guy's come and met us on the road and he doesn't know what to expect When he sees the leg, he sort of, he he goes into a little bit of a meltdown, as as we all were experiencing. We lift my buddy onto the back seat, and at this stage, his leg is propped up, and the foot's just dangling. Yeah. Right? And we had to drive, as you can imagine, that three kilometres back out of that, down that road. And the... Potholes. I've never noticed them like this before. Mm. But every pothole, I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm in the front seat at this stage, and the guide's driving, and we're on our way to hospital, which means you drive with the hazard lights flashing, yeah. and you go at a hell of a speed. Um, every bump, I'm looking over his foot, and it's it's moving it's with just every flapping bump. in the it's breeze. Flat. We put some ice on it and wrapped it up with a tea towel. Pointless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it helps. That's just what I'd seen on the on the television. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we raced into the Bali International Medical Centre in Kuta, which was an hour away. And every breath, my buddy is, like, just heaving in pain. Just I can't repeat it. And you cannot understand it until you experience it. And he said to me, look, I'm in so much pain, I'm going to pass out. And I'm thinking, you know, you hear all those stories about people passing out Mm. and they die? Because at the time, you don't know what's going on with oh. his ankle. He could have popped an artery or anything. As I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm seeing his foot dangling there, I'm thinking, if we've b- busted an artery into his foot and there's a build-up of blood in the foot, we could quite literally lose the foot. And I'm thinking, our little motorbike ride, because we're at a loose end, mm. could turn into you know a catastrophic effect on him and his family and everyone who knows him. Mm. You know... So anyway, we rushed into the hospital and um, almost took out about two more motorcyclists on the way there. But as soon as the guide had sort of motioned to them, you know, they'd given us the fingers through the window, we'd motioned to them that we've got a problem in the back there and they'd looked in and then they sort of give you the thumbs up and away you go Mm. again. We rushed into the hospital and it just seemed like an eternity getting there. Mm. He didn't pass out, which was great. He was still with it. Then when we got there... um, they, we, we rushed him straight into emergency and thank God they didn't have anyone else in emergency. They rushed him straight in. It was a dislocated foot and a fracture to the ankle. In, the ankle holds your foot on to your leg in three places. He'd snapped all three of them. All right. So he had to go undergo immediate surgery. They called in an orthopaedic surgeon um, who was, um, in inverted commas, Australian trained, Mm. but okay. didn't know where Adelaide was.
0: Mm. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of people in Australia who don't know where Adelaide is, to oh. be fair.
1: My ears pricked up when we told him that. Um, he immediately saw the foot and said... Um, he saw the x-rays and said, look, it's a bad break, but the dislocation is actually causing more pain than the break. So as we were arguing over where actually Adelaide was located, <laughs> he popped the foot back in, like just crunch. Oh. And, and back it went and... Immediately, my friend had immediate pain relief. But it still hadn't solved the major problem of attaching the foot back to the leg. Do you ever watch The Simpsons? Um, Occasionally.
0: Have you ever seen any episodes with Dr Nick? No. Anyway, (laughs) perhaps some listeners will know what
1: I'm talking about. But, oh, that's what I wanted to say too. We are putting my friend into the car and I said to the guide, where do you want to go? And I said, what do you mean? You know, where's the nearest hospital? He said, well, do you want me to take him to the witch doctor? i oh. <laughs> I like, oh, uh, what do you mean? He said, no, oh, we've got a witch doctor who's an hour and a half up the road. He'll be able to fix this. And I'm thinking, I didn't think those people existed anymore. Yeah, well, now you know for next time. So I you, could you poli- not believe it. politely declined? You? I said, no, thanks. We'll go with the Bali International mm. Medical Center. And they were amazing. They were really good. Um, the orthopaedic surgeon operated on him at uh, 10 o'clock that night. This accident happened at 12.30 in the afternoon. We got into the hospital at about 3. So we were sitting and just working out, like getting all the actual um, diagnosis and x-rays and everything done, which takes a lot of time. Mm. Um, So they did a um, surgery on him at uh, 10 o'clock that night and the next day he woke up and it was all fixed. Jeez,
0: Mm. that is quite the story.
1: And uh, quite the end to your holiday. Yes, but being a good friend that he was, he said, look, don't spoil your holiday. We lost about yeah. a day and a half from just the shock. Yeah. And was a couple of sleepless nights. But after we'd sort of regrouped, I said, look, this isn't going to spoil our holiday. Yeah. He's in hospital, but we still are here to have a good time. Let's carry on. Yeah. And we had a great old time. Yeah, let's get another couple of massages,
0: <laughs> another few bintangs and get back on the horse. That's right. You've toughed it out. <laughs> but one of the key issues there is insurance, and I understand you, your buddy was covered, but um, there's so much complexity around this travel insurance stuff where a lot of people don't bother um, to even get travel insurance, or they pay the you know the, you know I think when I last went, I think I paid forty five bucks for some travel insurance online. Forty five bucks. Yeah, yeah. There's some website. I'll tell you about it later when okay. I can look it up, but it probably didn't cover me for anything. And to be honest, I didn't look at the fine print.
1: No. I mean, who does? You've got to read the fine print. Mm. You've got it like, that is – note to self, next time you travel overseas, before you step foot on the plane, read what you're covered for and what you're not. Thankfully, we were covered. But um, as I now know with motorbikes, if um, if anyone's riding a motorbike overseas and they don't have an Australian licence, automatically you're not covered. Now, that could give you a hell of a surprise – so, are you talking motorbike or scooter? Well, it is actually technically a scooter. Okay. Now, up to so the, fifty cc. I'm talking,
0: I'm talking the stock standard scooter that the when I was asked there, I they're, the
1: they're all the same. Honda one twenty five. So I wouldn't be covered. You would not be covered. Up to fifty cc, you're covered. Now, fifty cc one is one that the old guys use on the golf course. <laughs> So, yeah, there's none of those around. There's none of them around. They're all they're all 125 Hondas or the odd Yamaha. But you've got to have your Australian licence before you step foot on one over there or you, before you sit on one. That's Australian motorbike licence. Yeah. And it would also help to have an international licence which you can pick up from the RAA before you go. Now... No one tells you all this until you're in this situation. And let's be honest, most people are on scooters and motorbikes
0: when they get to Bali. Every Aussie is. It's the
1: yeah. only way to get around. Surfboard on the side, long blonde hair, blowing in the breeze.
0: <laughs> Describing yourself.
1: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. It's whatever. I mean, I'm, I've explained the situation and what happened to people back here. They don't understand. Yeah. They say, what were you thinking? And I said, mate, everyone does it over there. It's the way you get around.
0: Because I was a bit... When I went over there a few months ago, I was a bit conservative about it. And my wife was going, oh, we're going to hire a scooter. Just do it. Don't be (laughs) soft. Right, right, right. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She bullied me into it. You got pushed into it? Yeah, got pushed into it. I had the best time ever when I had the courage to do it. I'd never ridden a scooter before. So my first go on a scooter was on the back streets of Ubud. And the first time I was um, driving, I ended up on the other side of the road. (gasps) on a massive hill because you know how like we yeah. haven't driven one before there's a bit of effort to, mm. Mm. there's a balance between the grunt of getting up the hill and also while well, you're trying to turn as well and leaning in there's a real sort of step to it and i wasn't aware of that so i ended up on the other side of the road luckily nothing was coming the other way
1: you could have ended up in a similar situation
0: yeah and i had no idea about all this insurance mm. stuff i was wearing my thongs and my boardies as well
1: a mm-hmm.
0: bit nervous now You've got to be careful. I don't... So is there, can you, is there a different type of insurance you can get if you don't have... I mean, it's a question without notice, but if you don't have a motorbike licence, but you're still really keen to get involved, because as you say,
1: it's a great way to get around. It is. No, I have checked this out with a number of insurance brokers in Adelaide, uh, in, in Australia, because I'm very interested in this, as you can imagine. Hmm. Um, and there is no way that you can jump on a bike over there and be covered if you're unlicensed here. Wow. End of story. End of story. Mm. Okay.
0: So that's interesting. But as we said, we do want to have some positives. And Good news stories. We were discussing your trip earlier and you were saying there's so many other benefits just to having some time away and to having a break. And you're ringing me with
1: all sorts of ideas again. <laughs> um, we, um, I've done a fair bit of travel overseas and it's always been on a shoestring budget backpacking, or maybe a couple of rungs above backpacking, two to three star, always watching every penny and trying to scrimp and save wherever I can. Um, this time was a bit different. I'd, we decided that this time we're going to do it five star and it made the world of difference. And, you know, I go back to the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss and he wrote that book, I don't know, seven or eight years ago mm. and it was so accurate. Like, he was saying... Um, Work hard in Australia, save up your pennies, and then go and live overseas like a rock star. And it's so true. Like the five-star holiday where you don't have to worry about doing the dishes, about driving down to the shopping centre and buying food, where you don't have to worry about um, is the car going to start, have I got enough petrol, all of that. Everything's just done for you. Mm. You just get up, enjoy your food, enjoy the family that you're with, Mm. read some great books and do some great touring. It just – you come you come back. While you're over there, for me, it was just such a benefit to be able to sit by the pool, have a bintang and read a book or listen to a podcast on my iPhone mm. and then just stop and sit and think and absorb and think and think and think. And so many new ideas came into my head about what I want to do with my business, what I want to do with this situation, what I want to do with that, which because I'm caught in the daily grind when I'm home mm. – my brain's not um, freed up enough to come up with all those creative thoughts, so I have just got a list of um, so many new things, and I was running through a lot of them with you on mm. the phone the other night and they 've just been so good. One example is you know I finally had the chance uh, I love listening to the mixer G podcast mm. with Andrew Warner, and I finally had a chance to catch up on all the ones that i've mm. missed but There was a recurring theme there, and I'd always been too busy to look up the Inc. 500. And when I actually looked up the Inc. 500, which has the fastest-growing 500 companies in the US, and comparing notes with what trends are happening over there and what's happening in Australia, it became clear on some stuff that's happening Mm. there that I'm predicting is going to be new trends in Australia. Mm. And it was just so exciting for me. Like, I was just um, really keen to get back Mm. into work. I mean, I knew that I had my two weeks, and towards the end of it, I didn't want to get back on the plane and come back to Australia because I was having such a good time. Yeah. And the only thing that I'd probably do differently next time is I travelled with an airline, which was a discount economy airline. It was the only one that was going direct from Adelaide to Denver. Yeah. Next time, even if I got rerouted through Melbourne or Sydney, I'd spend the extra money and go business class because if you go business class, your holiday starts when you get to the airport mm-hmm. in the Qantas lounge you know whereas when you fly economy you've got that you know it's two hours wait before you get to the air uh, before you board the plane that you've got to be at the airport the five and a half hour flight so you're talking seven eight hours of torture and i mean torture we didn't even get offered a drink on our flight for Mm. crying out loud and i was keen to you know get a few coldies in Mm. quickly and get into holiday mode but that didn't happen it was like a marathon to get there and then walk into your room at three o'clock in the morning and think oh finally yeah. so note to myself that next time I travel it's always going to be five star yeah. just pay the extra it's a, it's, it costs a lot and it's a huge sacrifice but it's time that you get with your family that you know, you're never going to get again yeah. like the kids are so little for such a short time spend the money even if you have to draw down a bit on the mortgage you just have so much better experience and like now after I've enjoyed the luxury of five star travel it's like camping I don't think so <laughs> You know, <laughs> caravanning It's going to be so hard now Yeah, you want to maximise every minute Because when you're on those trips They are good And you do see some beautiful scenery But you're working your arse off From daylight to From dusk till dawn, aren't mm. you? Mm. Whereas over there You know, jumping on the plane to come back All you've got to worry about Is making sure that your luggage is packed It's pretty easy And when you get home You just have to, you know Well, we had people They did our washing for us before we left So we arrived home We were ready to hit the ground running Ugh. It was great Beautiful.
0: All right. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your barley tale, Kim, and uh, some good lessons there again, I think, based around insurance in particular. I mean, that's uh, pretty scary for many Australians. Mm. And uh, very lucky for your mate that, yeah, yeah, he's able to – he's got to deal with his injury, but at least the finance stuff is covered. So I assume he's got a bit of a long road to to rehabilitation as well. Yeah, it's
1: uh, six weeks. Okay.
0: Mm. thanks for listening to accounting insider and to connect with us visit accountinginsider.net and you'll hear from us again soon